Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the show. Today's show is titled, Is Your Emotional Teen Driving You Crazy? Do you feel disconnected from your teen? Does it seem like your teen's moons are running your household? Are you worried about what your teen is getting into, even though you monitor their screen time? Whether you answered yes to all of these questions or even a couple, if you have a teen or not, this episode is for you. Many of us have family members with a teen, and each one of us has been a teen. There are teen parts of ourselves that still may need healing because of hurt and pain that we've experienced from that age. Let this episode bring healing to you, whether or not you have a teen in your life. Last week's episode was about leading you into an encounter with Jesus to bring healing to mental health. It was deep and transformative and eye-opening. Make sure to go check it out if you missed it. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into the show. I thank you, Lord, for the work that I have done with teens in my practice. I pray for this experience to breathe into the show and that your power will break off broken or severed relationships with parents and teens. I pray for reconciliation, for new eyes to see and ears to hear teens the way that you see them. I pray for healing over teenage parts of ourselves that are still stuck in believing lies from our older years. God, we thank you for the brilliant way you made us and our bodies to grow through our teen years. We thank you for the transformation that you bring us through this episode. I pray that you breathe through my mouth into the homes of the listeners to receive the Holy Spirit transformation and healing that they need. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, I love teens. I love working with teens. They are some of my favorite population to talk with, work with, and study. I have such a love for them because of how society and us as adults can get them wrong. They are some of the most misunderstood. We can judge them based on what we see and not even truly get to know their heart. Teens are some of the most powerful spiritually when you invite them to know the real Jesus. Not their performance, shove religion down their throats, Jesus, but the real Holy Spirit led so they have their own personal relationship with Jesus. There is no junior Holy Spirit, and we need to lead teens to know and bring others to Jesus through what they hear from God. In this episode, I will share some common things I see with teens and parents that are issues, and I will end on 10 tips on how to bring connection, love, and respect between parents and teens. And now I use the word parents and teens, but I want you to know that this could mean a guardian. This could mean a grandparent. It could mean an aunt or an uncle, a foster parent. Um, it could even be like social workers and, you know, counselors and just people who are in your life. And I also mean tweens. <laughs> so this isn't just teenagers, but also tweens. I'm using this language just for simplicity through this episode, but I want you, like if your story is not, I'm not a parent of a teen, or I'm not a traditional parent, or if you're a single parent, I want this episode to be for all of you, but just for 
ease of communicating it, I do use teens and parents most of the podcast. Some issues that I see with parents is that they can swing on either side of the bossing their teen around and controlling them, only seeing the problems that they're causing, believing that they're up to no good, forcing them to do events, church events, family events, and other good things to make them into a good adult. So essentially, this is performance-based and striving, and there's not really rest in this. Again, all of those things are good, but it's the way that the parent is communicating these things and forcing and bossing because there's this struggle with anxiety with the parent that, oh my gosh, I need my kid to be a, a good teen and a good adult. And the anxiety is what's kind of ruling this. There's fear in there instead of resting in what God says. The other side of the pendulum is parents that let their teens do whatever they want from allowing the opposite sex in their bedroom, um, purchasing booze for them, I've seen that, or drinking with them, allowing them to even smoke weed, or maybe just kind of not paying attention and turning a blind eye and kind of knowing that there's something going on but not attending to it and parenting it. This side is more, I want my teen to like me, I want them to be happy and emotionally okay, and so they can tend to kind of step back and not have that parenting role. Either way that you swing on this pendulum, they're both harmful and they're both confusing for teens. With each side, teens can turn to struggle with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, eating disorders, sexual issues, acting out physically or via social media, being bullied or bullying themselves. When parents are too strict or not strict at all, it can bring an open door for any kinds of these struggles, really because of the confusion and lack of structure and lack of confidence. When you have, like for example, when you have chores, you are teaching a kid to follow through with something and successfully get something done and they may complain about it and not want to do it but at the end of it they have an accomplishment and that builds confidence parents we have to take those steps to teach and still do the things even though the kid may say they don't want to we have to know that this is going to be good for them and so what can happen is a disconnect can happen when parents see their teens as somewhat as an alien or a foreigner in their own home Parents can get really offended quickly by the horrid behavior that their teen has. It's okay if you have, I understand it. But what happens is we can forget that our teen is an actual person. Teens want respect. They want to be heard just like we do. Even if they are doing something really crazy and really stupid that we might say is stupid, teens when they don't feel heard or respected from their parents or guardians, they'll go and they'll find a fill for this empty void. They will seek friends or groups of people who understand them and not necessarily the ones that you want them to. One thing I've also seen is a teen who comes from a pretty good home to all of a sudden change and become different overnight or what seems like. Parents are shocked and almost traumatized and they wonder, what happened to my kid? Usually in these cases, what I have found is there's something that happened that caused a lot of shame and the teen has no idea how to talk about it and they maybe don't feel that their parents will understand so they don't talk about it and then it creates more problems. The event or events could have been a series of cyberbullying, school bullying, hazing type behavior from peers, a sexual assault, an embarrassment at a party or something else. What's hard about what can happen is that the teen was perhaps curious and they actually stepped into territory they should not have been. And maybe it was like kind of a little bit gray, so they felt like they caused it and they believed that it's their fault. 
And since these conversations maybe aren't happening at home, it feels something like they caused. Something else I've seen is parents or parent will allow the moods of the teen to run the house. This essentially is something that was most likely happening before the teen went through puberty. For example, each spouse, if there is a marriage, allows the mood of the other partner to affect their mood. Parents already have had this pattern happening. It's a little bit codependent. Parents have to be brave themselves because they don't know what kind of day it's going to be when their teen shows up. There often can be fighting that doesn't go anywhere, blaming and never-ending conversations. The teen's roller coaster of moods impact how you as the parent will respond, and essentially, it's only a good day if the teen experiences something good with their environment or their friends. So what happens is parents end up bending over backwards to give their teen whatever they want because they're afraid of their mood. Teens can often get blamed for their parents' disconnected marriage. If you are married and the goal of your marriage is not connection, this will impact your children. They will follow the pattern of disconnection. If you're married and some of you are listening are like, we're not disconnected, we have a great marriage. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm merely saying to get curious if there are any issues with your teen. Don't get defensive about it, just get curious. You cannot blame your teen for a struggling marriage. In Danny Silk's book, Keep Your Love On, he is working with a couple whose son was out of control and causing chaos than more than this family can handle. They told Danny Silk to help us fix our son. I've heard this a lot in counseling. His behaviors were smoking pot, running away, breaking windows, taking a joyride in their car. Couples can get really offended with this when you bring up that it's something going on in their marriage. They believe that the problem is their son, but actually it's their goal of disconnection. Danny Silk said to them, I'm asking you to consider the fact that your son is acting out because he is disconnected from you. I believe this disconnection is a symptom of the fact that you two are not connected to one another. So you need to be willing to fix and correct the problem. Focusing on your child as the problem actually makes two more problems. All right, what do we do? How can we bring connection with our teens and with parents? Here are 10 things to bring healthy, godly connection with teens and parents. Number one, validation. The biggest and most effective tool that you can use with your teen is validation. I could spend a whole episode on this alone as marriages need to use this tool as well. It's hard to do when our emotions are high, but it is essential to bring connection and not cause bigger fights and arguments. The big key I would say with validation is that it does not mean that you agree. We are moving to understanding. That does not mean that we agree and that is okay. Often when I work with parents and I start teaching validation, they will say to me, so you want me to support their behavior? I am not okay with what they're doing. No, that is not validation. When we validate, we are merely connecting and understanding what they're saying. We need to slow down first, let go of the offense that we have, get curious and notice what are they saying. Then respond slowly by acknowledging what they're saying. For example, so you are really hurt because I said you couldn't go hang out with your friends after school. I understand you can be hurt about that. That is okay. There's an example. Or 
I hear that you're frustrated with your teacher because they didn't choose you to write the article. Sounds like you worked really hard on it. In each of these responses, you're not giving advice or solving a problem. You are listening, understanding. This builds respect for your teens and also brings peace into the conversation. They soften and it opens up the ability to bring in problem solving afterwards. You can't start with problem solving or fixing things because their brain is still operating in this emotional mind. You have to validate them so they can calm down, get to a peaceful place, then be able to use the other part of their brain where they can actually listen. So number two is teach. We don't stop teaching them just because they don't look like they're listening or seem to know everything. Proverbs 22.6 says, raise up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We don't stop teaching. This is probably the second biggest thing that I've seen parents stop doing. They stop teaching because they don't get good feedback from their teens. So they think it's not working. You guys, teens are not adults and they're also not toddlers. They're this messy middle where they want respect and need teaching at the same time. Yes, you need to validate them first. Don't go overload with teach, teach, teach. But I have seen way too often that parents almost give up because their teen's behavior is so difficult and this just makes it worse. I know it's hard to parent a difficult team, but remember, it's not about you. It's about raising one of God's children. You have a responsibility and it's an honor. Bring them to church regularly with you and have a supportive church community so they also get teaching from other people at church. Read the Bible and have your son or daughter read it with you. What you do teaches more than what you say. James 3.17 in the Passion Translation says, But the wisdom from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate, and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. So when we are teaching from the heart of God, it's going to hit our teens, whether they know where it's coming from or not. So we cannot rely on their response, their emotions, when God has clearly given us something. We need to trust the Holy Spirit is going to lead them. So number three is have rules. When you sway on the end of, I trust my teen to do whatever they want, this creates a huge lack of boundaries, which causes a lack of safety for life. Believe it or not, teens want rules. They have consistency and structure. It's just like employees. If you own a business, you understand this. I remember as a teen having to leave parties when my friends got to stay late. At the time, I actually hated my parents for it, and I hated having to leave. However, now I see that what great value this was for myself. I honored and respected my parents, and I honor and respect myself. I heard later that at one particular party that my friends ended up watching porn on TV after I left. So have rules that God backs and stick with them. If your teen says they hate you for it, then tell them that's okay, they can be upset and you understand, validate them, but say, and this is the way that it is because we love you. We have these rules because we love you, not because we want to torture you. And I can also tell you, I have had clients that have given me feedback about wanting rules from their parents. So even though they were struggling with behaviors, they shared their heart that they wanted those rules. Number four 
limit their phone usage and the apps that they use. I could actually have this be a part of have rules, which is number three, but this one is so serious that it merits its own number. And I also could do a whole show on the topic of teens and their phones. I know really good Christian families who have allowed their teens or their tween to have open reign on their phones and they're completely different. What happens is they end up not having hobbies and things that they're interested in. Their sole focus is on their phone, when they're going to get a message, when they're going to get a tick, and there is an addiction that happens. Researchers have found an intense increase of cell phone usage among teenagers in the symptoms of depression, suicide risk factors, and suicide rate. One article talks about that teenage cell phone addiction goes well beyond texting and talking. It includes apps, games, and social media. For teens, cell phones have become a way to comment and criticize, approve, and admire. They're not always communicating with friends. Often, they're commenting on their activities. They're checking for likes and responses to their own posts. There's a biological component to this behavior. The brain reacts to the cell phone as if it were a drug. Studies have shown that both the phone ringing and the alert of a new text causes the brain to release dopamine. What could be a benefit has descended into an obsession for teens. Get yourself educated on the risk of cell phone usage and teens and limit their usage even if they're unhappy with what you're saying. Number five is have serious talks about every six to 12 months. Topics can be about things that can happen as a teen. Share with them that you are aware and you know that things can happen and that you are a safe person to talk to. That no matter what happens to them, that you want them to come to you. Have these talks about every six to 12 months so that they know you mean it and it wasn't just an emotional weird mom and dad talk. By doing this repeatedly, it increases trust, and when something happens, they will come to you. These are not an everyday conversation talk. Topics can include sex, drinking, drugs, porn, social media, current events, and anything else that they want to bring up. You want them to be talking to you about these things through the lens of Jesus, not the world. You don't want them getting educated from their friends and then think they know something from what their friends said. You want them listening to the Holy Spirit and hearing from the Lord on some of these topics. If you don't know anything about these topics, I would encourage you to get educated because your teen is going to hear it from someone else, even a family member, like a cousin or even a classmate or a neighbor. Don't be afraid of what Jesus has authority over. Remember whose kingdom wins. We don't need to be afraid of what is in the world. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Number six is do your own work. Teens need to see us getting curious about our own stuff and improving ourselves emotionally. They are very smart. And if you're telling your teen to be kind to their friends, but you and your spouse are gossiping about a neighbor, your teen's going to copy that behavior. They also won't really respect you when you give them guidance about something because they know you don't really mean it based on your behavior. If you want your teen to eat healthy and exercise, you better be doing that yourself. And if you yell at them and don't apologize and come back and talk about it, they're going to learn that yelling is the best way to deal with their anger, sadness, frustration, or stress. How do you handle stress? 
What are some of your quirks? What are some of your struggles? Be open to deal with them, bringing them to the Lord, and even talking to your teen about it in a healthy manner. Not a, they are your best friend manner, but I apologize that I yelled at you. I'm working on this with God about it, and I'm finding a way to break the lies that's keeping me from not yelling when this shows up for me. I don't want to continue that. I love you, and I want you to feel safe with me. You also need to recognize that if you are getting triggered and believing certain lies, like my teen is acting out because I was a bad parent, or it's my fault my teen is struggling, or I ruined my teen, blah, blah, blah. These are lies. So right now, I break the lie that it's your fault in the name of Jesus. I break the lie that you've ruined your teen in the name of Jesus. I declare you are an amazing parent. You are patient, you are calm, and you are loving. The Holy Spirit is in your parenting and guiding you to do and say what your teen needs at the right moment. Number seven, be the thermostat of heaven, not the thermometer. If your teen is struggling with their mood, it is okay, but don't let it derail you because of the hormones that's going on with them and are all over the place. Love them and let them know that they are enough just as they are. If they are being disrespectful and their emotions are struggling, you can let them know that that's okay that they're struggling, but they need to be kind with their words. Maybe they need to get some personal space to listen to some music. Maybe they need to go on a walk or read a book. Perhaps they'd be open to prayer. You can offer, but if they aren't wanting it, don't force it. When we are the thermostat, we release the peace of heaven into the atmosphere and not allow what comes into the room to dictate what is in the room. If your teen is angry, release peace. If your teen is depressed, release joy. If you need a break yourself, take a break yourself. It's better to take a break than to have an argument when you aren't in a good mental space to be in it. Get aligned with heaven and then continue the conversation if it needs to happen. Most conversations don't actually need to happen. Sometimes time is a great gift that we need. Number eight is speak the gold, not the dirt. They need to be encouraged. It doesn't help them when you point out, oh man, you're really crabby today, when they clearly are and it's affecting the people in the house. However, this doesn't improve you, them, or the household. You pointing out the gold you see, like, I was really impressed by your kindness to the neighbor the other day. You truly have a beautiful heart. Or, I see how hard you're working in math. I'm really proud of your determination. Or, I can see what God is doing when he designed your strengths. You sure know how to light up a room with your light. Even these strengths are not always shining, but you're pulling the gold of the strengths that you know they have and have shown. Encourage them to have hobbies and recognize things that you see that brings them joy. Get to know them. Speaking gold means that you need to know the gold that they have. Number nine is pray for them. A really great basic book is The Power of a Praying Parent. If you can, pray with them, but start by praying for them. It allows your perspective of a parent to align with the authority and power you have through the Holy Spirit inside you. The topics to pray on are safety, their relationship with God, having good friends, their future, their body, their health, having a sound mind, and more. Each chapter of her book has a prayer to read out loud at the end of it. It's not very long and it's really easy to read. I would encourage you to read a chapter a day or at least getting into the habit of praying for your children every day. As parents, we have the authority when we pray over our children. When we pray for them, we want to pray with the authority that Jesus gave us. Number 10 is spend quality time with your teen. 
These days, we are so busy. It speaks volumes to teens. It can say, you aren't important to me, or my work is more important. Even though I say you're important to me, my actions don't always show it. This is another confusing message. Even though your heart absolutely loves your teen, are you truly showing it? Think about their love language. What is it? The five love languages are quality time, words of affirmation, touch, gifts, and acts of service. Know what your teen truly needs and give that to them. Having one-on-one time where you look at them in the eye and connect is absolutely essential for a valuable and trusted relationship. It allows the trust to grow. And when something is difficult, who are they going to go to? If you're spending time with them, they will go to you and not their friends. Take them to church with you or even conferences and have this be special time where they get to fellowship with you and the Lord. Be encouraged that no matter where your son or daughter is at, Jesus is bigger than any problem. Don't allow yourself to be intimidated by something in the world or the enemy that you aren't aware of. That's what the enemy wants. Get yourself educated and ask the Holy Spirit about it. Don't think that if you don't know about something that it makes it not real. If you had tough teenage years, allow this episode to shift some things for you and forgive people who have hurt you during those years. We often will stay stuck from experiences that we are still offended about. If you experience deep trauma, abuse, or neglect, don't isolate yourself. Get a counselor or find someone that you can pray with about it. God doesn't want you to stay stuck. He wants you free. Having a supportive church environment is essential for teens. Earlier I said, what you do teaches more than what you say. It's so important that you are genuine, authentic, and seeking your own relationship with the Lord daily. It can get really easy to get exhausted when these big, big behaviors and big moods and emotions show up and you have no idea what to do. If you're regularly talking with God, the Holy Spirit will guide you in the tough moments. Don't be afraid to find a good counselor yourself and help you walk through some tough spots. Make sure to find someone who shares your values and who has done their own work. You want someone who is confident and loving. You have what it takes. You were created to be your kid's parent. No one else. You are the best parent for your teen. Next week, I am actually going to do an episode for teens, talking to teens. If you like this episode, you will really want your son or daughter to listen to the next one. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the honor of being able to bring tips for parents of teenagers. I pray that these tools will unlock stuck spots for families and they will align with the authority and power of heaven. I declare that each parent listening will walk in the love, power, authority, and confidence of a godly parent. I declare the enemy will not have influence over their home, their son, or their daughter. I declare that their son or daughter will walk with Christ and be a leader in their friend group. I release the atmosphere of heaven throughout their whole home, especially in their teen's room, computer, phone, car, and I pray that you will be there for every single one of their friends. And Holy Spirit, most of all, I pray that you draw them in to a deep, deep personal relationship with you and that they will learn how to turn their antenna to heaven to hear from you. I pray for them to receive dreams and visions. I pray for men and women to come into their life, to call them into leadership, to see what God has for them, and that they will speak the same encouraging things that their parents are, but it will be a different trust 
gifted adult. I pray for open doors and opportunities that will lead them to bring others to Christ. And I pray for a fire from heaven to fall into each one of their bellies so that they will know the calling that you have for us, the commission that you have in Matthew 28, 18. And we thank you, God. We give you all the glory over the teens and our future generation. I pray, God, that you strengthen the parents of these teens and also any siblings. I pray that no weapon formed against them will prosper and that they will see their teen the way that you see them. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope that it brings you encouragement. This Thursday, we have an amazing guest, Dr. M.B. Bush. She has overcome many mental health struggles and addiction. You don't want to miss this. I also want to give a shout out to Charisma Media, who is in the network I am doing this podcast through. I want to encourage you to download the free Charisma Plus app with the link in the show notes. You will stay up to date with Christian news and stay connected to the Holy Spirit with other podcasts and articles. They also have an amazing bookstore. So I would encourage you to check that out when you download the app and make a purchase at the link you help support this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you at the next show. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.